Welcome to episode five of Trekking Through with Dan and Ron. I'm Dan. I am Ron. And today we're looking at episode five of Lower Decks. What's that title, Ron? Cupid's Errant Arrow. Cupid's Errant Arrow. Not much of a cold open this week. It uh, it really just took part of the the intro credits, and that was that was like our cold open. Um, just the, 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 what was it? It was the clip of the ship floating and then having to, like, getting pulled into the gravity well and having to warp out. Uh, but uh, we're very quickly, after the credits, introduced to, uh, we'll, we'll call it, the, uh, the, the big plot, uh, the, what the ship is doing, and that is it's doing joint maneuvers with the Vancouver, the USS Vancouver. Uh, Which is a very fancy-ass ship that everyone just is is fawning over so the the um the the trek tech nerds out there probably are gonna they probably already have schematics out there i'm gonna be looking that up later today (laughs) yes yes we're very very quickly uh introduced to the fact that the vancouver has the technology it's a tightly run ship this is this is on par almost enterprise level ship uh in in terms of of its technology. And they get the high-profile missions, obviously, is what it sounds like. Uh, right, Cerritos is supporting them. I think a common refrain through this episode about the Vancouver is the, the, the ship, the people, the missions are epic. Epic. It's epic. an epic ship. <laughs> yeah, and they're getting to do a pretty cool epic mission. It's a moon demolition to, to save a planet. It's got a moon that's... its de- orbit is decaying. So the Federation has, this, uh, you know, has come to help step in and uh, fix their the moon problem by blowing it up. Uh, the, uh, there, there's a nice scene with uh, Fre- Captain Freeman and uh, uh, the, the people who, who live on the planet whose moon is decaying, and uh, there are all these objections to blowing uh, up the moon, and my, I think my, my favorite is, moons can't plummet, that's just <laughs> something they made up to control us. That government. Mm. That government controlling us. Moons can't plummet. I'm not going to wear a mask. <laughs> so right, I won't wear a mask. So there's uh, there's pushback already to, to being saved. And uh, we are taken over to Boimler and Mariner, who are uh, discussing the fact that Boimler's girlfriend is on the Vancouver and he's going to introduce everybody to her. And there's some doubt whether she exists, at least from Mariner's point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is this going to have to weirdly be done on the holodeck, she says? Not this time, right? <laughs> Not this time. I don't do that anymore. Uh, yeah. This episode <laughs> had some delightful quotes. Uh. <laughs> I, I think that already you could tell. I, I love this episode most because it took a lot of classic Trek stuff and showed it in in that comedic manner and yeah and that's one of the 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 typical what well, within the 80s sitcoms it was the canadian girlfriend that you right, can never right. see and i think what, what does he mention um i think when she questions the validity of the girlfriend i think he says that uh and i quote she's as as real as a hopped up cue on picard day <laughs> <laughs> right so it's it kind real. of poking fun at the at the, at the idea of the holodeck girlfriend, which we've seen before with uh, Riker and the woman in the red dress. and the, Minu- Minuet. Minuet from that binary species and created Bar- her to distract Riker. And Barclay's adventures. 
Yeah, yeah. Barkley definitely had a Deanna Troy holodeck. I am the goddess of empathy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that, I'm just saying, uh, every spaceship in the Federation has illicit holodeck sex programs of other crew members. That's just a fact. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so then we're next taken to uh, uh, Tindy and Rutherford. They they kind of share a plot. They're they're the ones fawning all over the Vancouver and its technology. And, yeah, they, they uh, are stoked, especially about that T eighty eight that scanner. Woo! The T eighty eight scanners, uh, which which I I seem to recall a graphing calculator uh, from my school days. A t- it, yeah, TI eighty five was the big one back in our day. The, graph, uh, the graphing calculators. No, in, in your day, I was a few years later, I had a TI-88, I swear. <laughs> they loved the, TI, the T-88s, uh, uh, and um, it may be a callback to a real calculator. Uh, so, so, moving on, we're introduced to the girlfriend. She arrives, um, and immediately Mariner's reaction, because she's a beautiful, well-spoken Starfleet officer. And uh, this is Boiler. This is Boiler. So So the first thing she says is, uh, "Computer and program," (laughs) with with doubt in her voice. Yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, We uh, we find out this uh, badass girlfriend used to date one of the coolest guys on the Cerritos, Jet. uh, Jet, whom she is about to go work with on her assignment, uh, inspiring some jealousy in Boiler. He has also. Yeah, Boimler, yeah. Boimler has a couple of really good lines uh, describing um, Jet and Boimler's insecurities about Jet that I just cackled over. I think uh, the, when he first sees him, he says, that guy's like a, a Kirk Sunday with a trip Tucker Sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. Original <laughs> series Enterprise reference. Yep, yep. and then uh, not not a reference, but uh, later on, and we'll get to that to the scene later. But he has another another line uh, showing his insecurity about the the dashing jet, where he tries to impress impress uh, uh, Barb, and he pops in, and he's like, "Well, he thinks he's all of that. Well, I can be twice that. I can be even thatter. I mean, that was probably my favorite line in the whole episode. I can be even thatter. <laughs> I can be even thatter. <laughs> very very Boimler." Uh, we find out his first name is Bradward. Bradward. Not Edward, not Bradford. Bradward. Bradward. Bradward Boimler. <laughs> so, uh, Tindy and Rutherford go over to the Vancouver, they get their assignments, and they're told that uh, whoever finishes first will get to keep a T-88 scanner. Ooh. Ooh. So, they're, they're of course, super stoked. Uh, the... Mariner and Boimler and Barb, the girlfriend, plot, we, we come back to. Mariner's super suspicious. She's certain that this is an alien infiltrator, and we get a really fun flashback to her on the Quito yeah. uh, with giant hair, and she's sitting at 10 forward with a hot lady and a hot guy and talking about how he's too hot. Too good to be true. This is too good to be true, uh, but but the the thing it's 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 nothing to do with the plot. The thing I liked most about the scene was they're casually chatting, and the uh, 
not Mariner, but the, the other lady at the table says, did you hear about what happened on the Enterprise? I guess Data's got a twin, and he just teamed up with the Borg. Crazy, right? Right, it's like that, that, th- those guys seem to be getting up to something crazy every week. <laughs> right, every week. I mean, save some for the rest of us. Every week on whatever network was your TNG was syndicated in in the 80s and 90s, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also in, in, uh, in, uh, in that scene... Um, uh, there was a pretty good. Um, I, I, I really did like the reveal of, of him being a shapeshifter. The the too good to be right. true boyfriend. As, as soon as Mariner says, "What are you, uh, such and such shapeshifter?" Right, and it's like, <laughs> of course he is. It's like, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> I've seen some he stuff, Boylan. Yeah, the, the effect they used when they had the reveal uh, was definitely definitely uh, reminded me of uh, Total Recall with Arnold's uh, disguise when he's on Mars. Uh, as the oh, older yeah. woman, and he just kind of fritzes out, and he goes, and it comes apart, and then there he is, yeah. It was kind of reminiscent of that. <laughs> uh, then we're, we're taken back to Captain Freeman, who kind of got her own plot uh, this episode. Uh, she's with the, the, the alien species whose moon is decaying, and they're all fighting her, and she comes up with a great plan to please everybody. You know, the moon's sacred. Well, we're going to take this much of the moon, and we're going to put it here. Uh, but there is one holdout. Uh, this apparently, if they demo this moon, it's going to expose another moon to radiation, and all the inhabitants will 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 die. All of them. Uh, all of them. <laughs> uh, so so she she can't quite uh, pull it off yet. Uh, Barb and take uh, take him take him back to Barb and Boimler and Mariner. Mariner is going all out to try and prove that that Barb isn't on the up and up. Oh yeah, she's they, a su- she's a Sulabon. She's a hologram. She's a shapeshifter. She's a parasite. She's every. Yeah. She's an android. Yeah, they interrupt uh, Barb doing her work at Voimler because he's like, I just want to watch uh, watch you in action, babe. But Mariner starts transmitting a sound. Uh, and it's screeching, and they, they get kicked out, and she's like, well, I know she's definitely not an android. That that sound would have scrambled her neural circuitry. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that great uh, that great scene when, they're, uh, when Mariner's... Uh, it has the, the kind of the, the bulletin board with all the different types of, of aliens or, or uh, parasites or, or, or trans-dimensional beings that could be, uh, yeah. you know, inhabiting uh, Barb's body. And it was very much like a, a crime, you know, CSI show or crime scene yes. investigation, all these different links. And, Mariner's and got the conspiracy much, board up. Yeah, and every reference on that board was pretty much, it's pretty much every, time, every reference to a previous Trek episode where a character has been taken over by an a trans-dimensional being, an energy life form, an alien, uh, a Q, right. whatever it might be, a Sulaban, it's just, it's all there. You yeah. freeze the frame and it's just filled with delicious bits of callbacks. Yeah. Uh, she, she obviously got in the, the system and looked up all the times. And it's trying to trans- trying to figure out what kind this is. Right, and it's like there, there are dozens of uh, them out there, and, and and it's like not even exhaustive. There are so many of these instances in previous Trek iterations uh, where, you know, she goes, transporter accident. Well, that was maybe ten episodes in the past where transporter accident. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's referencing probably 40 or 50 episodes of previous Trek where, where something like this has taken place. It, it's it's magnificent. You would, it's, it's really not something that's apparently surprising that it takes place. In fact, she's pretty casual about it. She's pretty casual that well, obviously she's she's you know alien or a parasite or something. It, she, there's obviously 
happens all the damn time. It, well, it, in the Federation, it really would seem that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> like, this is a common occurrence. Uh, and then and Boimler is stepping up his crazy a little bit, too. He has the computer analyze all the cool people ever and make him an outfit, which looks pretty ridiculous. It's like a half coat on this side, half leather jacket on this side. Well, you know, uh, we do find out later toward the end that Barb really thought it was a pretty bitchin' outfit, though. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, it worked. So we're taken back to the bridge for, for it's only about 10 seconds. Really quick scene between uh, Ransom and Lieutenant Shax, the Bajoran uh, head of security. Uh, and they're overhearing Captain Freeman arguing with the alien. That's the last holdout. Uh, just to remind us that it's happening, I suppose, before we're brought right back to the really, really fun plot of the episode, which is Boimler and Barb and Mariner. Right. Boimler uh, over, is overhearing Barb and Jet inside on the other side of the door, and, you know, oh, I don't know if I can make get it to fit. Like, oh, just jam it in. You'll get it to fit. And, of course, he's being super jealous, so he thinks they're, they're having sex. Uh, barges in. It's real awkward, but he's smoothing it over. And Mariner arrives acting extra crazy, thinking that uh, Barb has a reptilian tail and he just totally pantses her right uh, in the shuttle bay. And, of course, no, she doesn't have a tail. But... The, re- but the, the, the reptilians have Barb Tizzle, and her name is Barb. That's a clue. And her name's Barb, right? How perfect is that? <laughs> Barb Tail, Barb? After, after Mariner, you know, you know pants Barb, Barb and takes Boimler, and, and they leave. And Mariner actually does find a little piece of uh, brain parasite. A little ex- so exoskeleton. She feels really vindicated. Uh... Tindy and Rutherford have been competing to see who can finish fastest. They're fighting. Uh, they, they both end up finishing at the same time. And they're told by the commander on the Vancouver, well, that's great. Uh, you're not getting a T-88 to take with you to the Cerritos. I'm, both of you, I'm going to get you transferred over to the Vancouver. They're like, uh, what? What? Um... Right, because I mean, at this point, of course, you cannot se- you cannot separate those two characters. They definitely have a uh, a love story arc going on. So, yeah, they they can't Absolutely. be separated. They're like, holy crap, we can't be a- we can't be separated here. Holy shit! Right, and uh, uh, they they do actually get a scene where they talk about it, and they both decide that they can't leave the Cerritos because of their friendships, which is really the theme of this overall theme of this show is is that. It's right. the friendships and bonds that make yeah. it worthwhile. It's the, it's the character connections, absolutely. Uh, Mariner rushing to save Boimler uh, walks in on him naked. Uh, great little scene. He's, he's waiting during, for Barb. During a critical mission, he is trying to score. Yes. They're in the middle of their, of trying to, to stop <laughs> this moon from degrading. They're in one of the platforms that's doing the mission, and he's like, hey, I'm yes. naked. And what? he's like, I'll strip down to get laid. Uh, no, yeah, and in fact, uh, right after the naked scene, we're taken back to the bridge for a couple seconds just to remind us that, like, hey, by the way, we got a decaying moon. We're in a situation here, yeah. Um, and, and and back to, to Mariner and Boimler. Uh, they, they struggle, and he gets knocked out. 
and Barb returns, and it turns out Barb is convinced that Mariner is uh, a shapeshifter, parasite, because, yeah, android. She, she is obviously jealous. That obviously, reason, Mariner is after him, so trying right. to screw up our relationship. The reason Mariner's working so hard is she's, she's into Boimler, and right. the only reason she would be into Boimler. <laughs> poor Boimler. Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> Uh, so they end up fighting, right? They're they're physically fighting each other. They're both pretty badass, fairly even. Uh, then we're 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 taken to to Captain Freeman again, and this guy that's been holding up this moon demo because everybody on his moon will die if they blow up the other moon. Uh, it's revealed that uh, it, he's very rich, and he and his wife live alone on their moon. Right. It's it's uh, both of us will die. Both of us. Both? <laughs> Both? Yeah, it's just me and my wife. We're very rich. Oh, get the hell out of here, yeah? <laughs> get out of here. And she immediately orders the, the moon demo. Uh, and then, then we're taken back to Mariner and Barb fighting. And they, they, as they're fighting, they're talking to each other. And they start to bond over how ridiculous Boimler is. I, I believe uh, Mariner lets slip that on, on a certain planet, he was using their sink as a urinal. Yes, and with one other alien species. Did you know he was, like, trying to shake that other alien's egg sac? Can you believe that? <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> right, so, so they, 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 start, they start to bond. And uh, we're taken back over to Tindy and Rutherford, who are fighting their transfer. Uh, and it becomes a literal fight because the guy is, is insisting and he's forcing him on him. Uh, they, they start fighting him. They get the pad. They, they crack his password, which turns out... Which, which is Riker. <laughs> Riker. That was great. Uh, and it turns out he's transferring off of the Vancouver. He's making a swap. That's why he won't the, let him stop. The Vancouver sounds to him. It's exhausting. It's too epic. Every week it's a decay It's too zone. epic. It's, tr it's move us to a station. It's too epic. I just want to go it's to some much research vessel and, and sit in front of my console and do grunt work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, to fight the transfer, Rutherford actually blackmails the guy. I've been right. recording this on my cyborg guy. <laughs> You don't want it to get out. You're gonna trans. You're gonna stop this transfer. Uh, and then, so so we're taken back to uh, Barb and Mariner. They've stopped fighting. Barb's even says, "Look, if it'll make you feel better, go ahead and scan me." And so Mariner takes out and she scans like, "Oh, you're human." And guess what? But the scanner does go off and show that there's a parasite, uh, and hmm. it's it's on Boimler. Yeah. And then, uh, what do we find out about that parasite, Ron? We do find out that that parasite made him completely irresistible to the ladies. Or, in whatever case, to whatever yes. whatever gender you're into. Or, if you're pan-gendered. Hmm, exciting. Irresistible pheromones. Yes, and that was I, I laughed my ass off when the parasite comes off, and he's like, Lover, 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 lover! I'm like, oh my god. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Yes, it makes right, it irresistible, the, the, and that really explains Mariner's um, jealousy in this episode, because that was really a little uncharacteristic. She's been protective of, of Boimler in the past, but this was more of, like, she's taken my guy uh, away. And, right, uh, she's obsessive. Right, and why is that in this case? Why is she so desperate to prove that there's something going on with this girl? Um, and, you know, to be fair, she was she was worried about this girl before 
she came in contact with anything else, but you know, the that parasite was definitely influencing her jealousies. It was making Boiler irresistible, irresistible to her. So any other potential threat to her, she came at it with jealousy, and that was uncharacteristic. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't. That did not click with me that. The parasites also affecting Mariner until after after my second viewing of the episode. Actually, I'm kind of like, oh my god, Mariner's in love with him. She really is. It's just, there, there is going to be some sort of a love arc between the two of them. And then I'm like, wait, no, it's wait, that damn parasite. That damn parasite. <laughs> lover, so, lover, and, lover. And the, lover, lover. Yeah, the parasite <laughs> keeps talking after they've they've separated, put it in the jar. It was just and, me. Uh, I'll take you to dinner. I still want to take you to dinner, Barb. <laughs> uh, Right, and then so Barb does break up with Boimler and leave with the parasite, which, right, which so I, I, I love. I'm going to investigate this. <laughs> right, I'll investigate this. <laughs> lover, lover. Fucking uh, poor Boimler lost out his his dream girl to a freaking parasite. To a parasite, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a very Boimler thing to have. And you know, th- you know, for a little while there, Mariner was really into him because of this parasite. So in effect, he lost both of his girls to this parasite. Yeah. But Boimler may be the kind of guy to, to seek out the parasite again someday. I think Boimler is representative of the target demographic of this show. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a little bit of Boimler. A little bit. Uh, so so they're, the wrap-up of, of that plot... Uh, you know, they've got a nice little bond moment where Mariner assures him, like, look, you'll find a lady that loves you for being you. Like, calm down. It's not the end of the world. And uh, we're given a nice little wrap-up with Tindy and Rutherford back on the Cerritos. And Tindy's like, oh, by the way, I stole a bag of T-88s. And Rutherford... <laughs> right? Rutherford just laughs because he also stole a bag of T-88s. But, you know, at this point, who's going to tell? They yeah, got, who's going to tell? They, they got the dirt. I'm the only person who could turn them in, so. Right, right. They're fine. Uh, and that was that was the, the wrap-up for the episode. The moon got demolished. Tindy and Rutherford realized that they really want to stay on the Cerritos. And uh, Mariner and Boimler like, are, are, are probably even closer friends having gone through the experience. Absolutely, and it's it's really interesting analyzing this episode because I find that it's probably so far to date of the five episodes my favorite episode to date. It engaged me throughout. I laughed out loud four or five times. It was great. I was engaged. Uh, the interesting thing about that is I was the most engaged in this episode. This is the one episode in this show that was pretty much ha- it pretty much had nothing new added to the Trek universe. It was just aping previous Trek iterations. With with the, the the different story arcs and the plots, but that somewhat that, that grabbed me more than the other episodes did. Does that mean that I, I, I am that that poor TNG fool who can't move beyond TNG? I don't think so. But uh, in this particular episode, uh, it really it grabbed me, but it didn't really add anything new to the total overall franchise. It was just it was just troping the tropes, which I loved. Yes. I loved it so much. I too, I too watched this episode and walked away going, that's the most entertained I've been by Lower Decks, and I've been entertained right. by every episode. Right, and it covers the, the least amount of new ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much just 
the crew doing what they do on the ship, and and I loved it. I loved it completely. Uh, <laughs> and it, it is the kind of episode where it couldn't have been the first episode. We had to we had to have a few episodes getting to know all these characters first to really enjoy them uh, doing what they do in, in in their element in this way. Uh, Absolutely. Total non sequitur. I was uh, watching Star Trek Voyager and got to the Equinox part one and two. I totally spaced it. Captain Ransom is uh, the other captain of the sh of the Second Federation ship trapped in the Delta Quadrant. Exactly, and it's it's been much speculated by uh, the nerds on the various uh, uh, social media and website forums for for Trek nerds, particularly the one I frequent the most, TrekBBS.com. I don't get paid by them. Sorry, no, I don't. No, 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 no paid play, product placement there. <laughs> but that has been a, a, a point of, of discussion: is is our ransom the first officer of the Cerritos? Is this ransom a relation to the ransom that's stuck in the Delta, the Delta Quadrant with um, the Voyager? And I, I guess one could argue a war criminal for his, the torture and confinement of the, the aliens he was he was messing with to get them try to get his crew home. Oh yeah, yeah. He he went he went full pirate in the Delta Quadrant. Uh, he went full pirate. He he basically um, did what the captain in the TNG episode with the captain with the grudge against the Cardassians. If you remember that one, the wound, oh, the, yeah. the wound. The episode's called the Wounded. Uh, yeah. Where, uh, where, where O'Brien's old captain. O'Brien's old captain, Captain Maxwell, Benjamin Maxwell, I love his name. Um, and yeah, he it, it, it kind of it was a little bit like that, I guess. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I am excited to find out if our commander ransom is connected to Captain Ransom from yeah. Voyager. It, it would really be it would be interesting if they connected that. Um, this new iteration of all these new Trek series seems to want to. Um, um, Produce a lot of connections with previous track. Some would argue forced connections with previous track. I, for one, enjoy that. Uh, but there are a lot of folks that are like, "Oh my God, any reference is is just fan service and stupid." But I, I love it. Um, I would love for all these connections to be to be solidified into canon. Um, yeah, give me more. This is by far my favorite episode to date. I loved it. I I also look forward to. Let's hope. This is set in Next Generation era. Let's hope for some guest stars from the TNG cast. Uh, not as like a major component of the show, but just like in, in several episodes, the Cerritos teams up with other ships. Absolutely. And we have those brief and, interactions uh, with those ships. Bizarre request call out for that. I would love to see Ronnie Cox come back as Captain Jellicoe, or Admiral Jellicoe as the case may be. Oh yeah, he was great. He was great. I mean, I this is weird. I mean, the guy has had like a fifty-year career in in the movies. Uh, I my two favorite um, gigs that Ronnie Cox has had have been as, as Jellico in Next Gen and his role in Deliverance. Two completely divergent parts, but oh my god, he nails both of them. And in Deliverance, he's the opposite of Jellico. He is he is the voice of reason. He is the chill one. He is the let's just go home. <laughs> and, and he's the nerd. He's us. And, and um, yeah, as Jellico, he is the hard ass. And he nails both of those. They're completely divergent types of roles. But Ronnie Cox, oh, we see you. Great to see him in there, right? <laughs> uh, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're 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 giving us so much. I love the fan service. 
uh, it's hard for me to try to imagine what it would be like watching through it without knowing it and how, how much I'd enjoy it, but uh, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with this series. I don't see how any Star Trek fan wouldn't like Lower Decks. It's, it's just a, a laugh a minute, good time. You would be surprised how many nerds are out there that can't handle a little, a little humor in their track, a little dick and fart joke now and again. They just can't. They can't handle. There are there's a minority that just they just can't deal. My trick is serious business. Damn it! It's very serious. <laughs> this is real life. It's all real. All it's right, really you, happening. This, we're not living in Galaxy Quest. This is Star Trek. This is fun for fun. Okay, guys, this is for fun. Yeah. It should be fun. All right. Well. Anything else you wanted to cover before we sign off? I don't think so. I think we really uh, nailed this episode and analyzed the crap out of it. I loved it. Oh, it's such a great episode. Loved it, loved it. Can't wait till next week. Keep watching, keep listening, and we'll see you next time on Trekking Through with Dan and Ron. See you next time. Theme song is Slumlord by Lotag Blanco, used with the Creative Commons license.